0: This is Geek Gab with your host, Doran All and me, Daddy Wart We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, October 17th, 2020. But not for very much longer. Um, I guess
1: that, that's, that's comforting, isn't it? I'm feeling good about it. Although, if 2020 is going to end with a bang, what can I say? (laughs) We have an election coming up in just a couple of weeks. (laughs) Presidential election years are always entertaining. Uh, A holiday season after a year of social distancing is going to be crazy. Let's go. Like, I'm ready.
0: (laughs) I mean, we do have Halloween, then... Thanksgiving, then Christmas, and like some, probably some other minor holidays in there somewhere. I don't know. I grew up in Germany. And so I count like small German holidays in there, like Foshing.
1: What is Foshing?
0: Foshing comes along. Uh, It's a Christian holiday. It comes along like the 5th or 6th of December. And you put out your shoes. And you get, if you've been a bad kid, you get switches so your parents can beat you. If you've been a good kid, you get candy in your shoes. And if you've been an all right kid, you get switches with candy on them so you can eat the candy. And then when you're done with it, your parents can beat you. I'm sure there's more to the holiday than that but I was a little kid and that's all I can remember.
1: Little kids focusing on what's important to them. <laughs> that's <laughs> might I say that's about as German as it gets. Repl- re- replace the candy with sausages and I think you'd have the most German holiday ever. I just remember on the switches we used to get cuz they actually sold, you know,
0: switches in stores with candy on them. There was uh, there was one candy that was like sugar puffs. Uh, you know, you get them in the box with the foil, and the frog sells them. They were like sugar puffs, puffed wheat. Only they didn't have any sugar on them. So that's a quote unquote candy in Germany.
1: Is Honey Smacks
0: Honey Smacks without the honey. <clears throat>
1: See, this is why nobody like, likes the Germans.
0: Styrofoam smacks. That's basically what they
1: were. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Like, if you cover those things in honey and sugar, then you're just eating styrofoam. Yeah. You're like, oh, you know, if you put, like,
0: sweet things on top of these, they taste all right, but no. Yeah, we hated
1: those. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, 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 a similar snack, actually, I used to love as I was a kid. You know the Christmas corn balls that you might get on a Christmas tree. Yes, yes. Yeah, it, the, they were like candy corn. You had melted marshmallows and made balls out of. Popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Or and the store bought ones were, were pretty simple, as basically like a you know popcorn, of course, and it was stuck together in a tight ball in some vaguely sugary syrup and it, and it so, was hard they were always hard they were so hard not jawbreaker hard but you're just like this wow I remember popcorn being warm and soft and buttery and this is everything <laughs> but this is a but I could seriously injure
0: somebody by hitting them over the head with this harvest
1: yeah I mean it's like if you're having a snowball fight you pack that in the se- in the middle like an ice chunk right just as effective. Yeah, I was I was not that type of kid to pack ice in. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> Who am I kidding? I threw ice chunks at passing cars. I was a jerk.
0: <laughs> but you you really
1: liked those those
0: kinds of treats. <clears throat> Heck yeah, I
1: ate them. I won't lie. Yeah. I think it had sugar on it. I ate it. The only, the only holiday treat that I'm really just against is candy corn. Oh, I hate candy corn.
0: I did see a funny one yesterday though. Oh yeah. You take a candy corn and you put it point side down and then they put eyes. It goes yellow on the top, then orange, then white. So on the orange part, they put two eyes, and then on the white part, and a a nose, and a mouth. And then on the white part, they drew a tie.
1: That's kind of cute.
0: I just looked at that, and I thought, that's funny. That's so (laughs) funny. And uh, you'll have to search uh, the picture out if you can't visually picture what I'm describing, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious. (laughs) So we had someone who was here like way before the show,
1: way before the show.
0: Yeah. Well, at least as, as early before the show as I got to look at people being here before the show. So that's really early
1: to me. That's really good. Considering I created the show 20 minutes before we started. But oh, yeah, not
0: that, early.
1: not that early, no, not that early, but yeah, we've got some people in the chat. Shout outs to P Alexander is, is your, is your secret identity hidden? Or are we allowed to reveal it? P Alexander, Bradford Walker, Art Anon, Mega Buster Shepherd. Awesome. To have you guys here? I love having the, I love having the crew here. Uh, whoa. What's this? candy corn is a tool of the devil i mean i don't know like it's got a it's got a buttery sugary flavor and it rots your teeth that's yep check
0: <clears throat> i've never liked candy corn it's waxy
1: yeah the texture is really off-putting that's the worst part uh i mean i can
0: hang with most types of of candy just candy corn
1: i've never liked ever in my entire life um fruitcake. My brother loves fruitcake just to be a contrarian. I like fruitcake. Fruitcake <coughs> is fruitcake is fine, but of course it's the running joke is that it, it doesn't it can't go bad. It just the same fruitcake keeps getting regifted every year. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, as soon as that gets to my brother's plate, he's like nope. This isn't. This is not getting regifted anymore. I mean, this fruitcake. I, I I
0: understand. My nephews and nieces love fruitcake. They badger my aunt into making fruitcake every year.
1: Wow! All right, that's that's taking it to another level. That's the first I've heard of something like that.
0: I don't go around badgering people into making me fruitcake. I will admit. I will eat some if it's there and it's like freshly made, <laughs> but I don't go around harassing people into making me fruit
1: cake. All right. This is, this is also the first time I've heard about homemade fruit cake, which I don't understand. Like the substance, it doesn't seem like something that you can make in a kitchen. The, the fruit cake, fruitcake seems like something that can, only be mass produced as as some weird holiday gag somebody came up with because they had a bunch of extra fruit and flour in December and it was going to go bad so they made up this new tradition like I, I can't envision a fruitcake that is not cellophane wrapped garbage what's th- I don't
0: understand you're going to ask me how to make it I'm going to tell you I don't know
1: Yeah, I don't know how to make it. I I don't know know what goes into it. Besides fruit and cake. Yeah.
0: I don't know where they get the fruit from. I don't know what fruit goes into it. Because I've cut fruitcake open and eaten it. And there are things in it that are kind of fruity tasting. But I have no idea what fruit it actually is or how it's prepared. I have never, ever in my entire life been able to verify. Identifiably identify any of the fruit in a slice of fruitcake. I could not, if my life depended on it, tell you what any of the fruit was. It is not, it it does not seem to be actual human fruit. I like the fruitcake, but I would not stake my life on telling you what kind of fruit it was.
1: It's the it's the confectionery equivalent of mystery meat. You slice it open and you're like, yep, that's cake. And there's something suspended in the cake and it, it tastes all right. I, I think, yeah, it tastes all right. <laughs> we'll call it fruit.
0: <clears throat> so yeah, I, it is actually a big mystery to me. I'm not even, I'm not even doing that for a bit. Total mystery. Um, by the way, folks, as I said a year ago, which you may or may not remember, uh, my sister is nuts for Halloween. Goes nuts for Halloween. She loves Halloween, and every single year, she goes out of her way to do a big uh, display on the lawn, and it's become known around the like the neighborhood, because she usually gets into the newspaper now, and people come around just to see what she's done for Halloween, and take pictures of it and stuff. Um, and then on Halloween evening, they come around the house, but she gives out because she gives out full candy bars, not minis, and she gives out half cans of soda pop. Um... So it's just like a regular can of soda pop, only it's half size. Uh, and I mean half size as if you cut it in half, not like it's a miniature one. That would be a quarter size. So you take a regular soda pop can, cut it in half so it's the same diameter, but just shorter. Um, so the kids come around to the house because they get full candy bars. She's got, you know, the big... Hershey's chocolate bars and um Snickers, baby Ruth, whole schmear, and she's got these fabulous um lawn decorations. One last year, and this is what I talked about on the show last year from a year ago, which is what you might remember it from. She had a big swamp display with skeletons in uh canoes in the louisiana swamp and alligators and uh all kinds of stuff it looked really cool and one of the years before that she had the ring uh and so she had tvs a huge number of tvs all over the place and uh videos were playing on some of them uh i thought people were going to get electrocuted because the tvs were on uh but nobody did, so shows you what I know. Uh, and then, you know, Samara. Uh, one of the years, there's a Mexican island with all these doll parts. You know, just disembodied, torn-up dolls with their hair cut off and stuff, just hanging all around this island. Uh, it's just the creepiest damn thing you've ever seen. Well, she reproduced this island on her yard. Everybody you saw was just creeped the hell out. Um, And so every year, something big, something spectacular. So this year, she's doing Ghostbusters. So on one side of the lawn, because we've got a normal front lawn that's bisected by the... uh, walkway right by the sidewalk leading up to the house so on if you're looking at the house on the left side is a 12 foot tall stay-puff marshmallow man it's inflatable it's got a fan to blow air into it to keep it puffed up it's like those things you see at uh, car lots right stay-puff marshmallow man on the right hand side is ecto-1 um ecto-1 is the ambulance uh that they drive around in um also this you know air-filled thing filling up the entire yard on that side um and then they've got some backing plywood in back of it painted up like the um like the ghostbusters uh Fire, uh, firehouse, and then on the right side, in front of and behind the uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, they've got it painted up like the New York City skyline. You know, houses with n- glowing lights in them. So they are not houses, but buildings with glowing lights in them. Then they have four mannequins, all of them dressed that are children size, child size mannequins dressed in Ghostbusters costumes, each of which has a name tag on it for the fourth Ghostbusters, all of which have proton packs on them and traps, PKE meters, and they have strings of lights that light up red leading from their uh, proton packs, which are out held out in their hands, all the way up to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. So when it's at night, the lights are on, it looks like these mannequins are shooting the Stay puff Marshmallow Man, and then they've got some other lights around him that light up red that make it look like he's burning. This is my sister.
1: <laughs> That's quite a production.
0: This is what she does every year for Halloween. We had Amazon drivers who stop off at the house regularly to drop off packages for her business. And one of them stopped off, not because he had a package deliver. <laughs>
1: Just to get out and take pictures of it, you should share that widely. Uh, She she (laughs) should local newspaper isn't enough, you should get that on the internet. I would love to see a picture of the Ghostbusters display, maybe we can show it on stream for anybody watching on YouTube. Um, so, anyways, that's what Halloween is at the
0: house, and then inside the house, um, there is. I think it's Duplo. They've got the like four-inch figures that kind of bend. She's got the entire Duplo play set. And uh, of the Firehouse, uh, the Ghostbusters Firehouse, all the characters and the ambulance that you can put the Duplo figures inside. uh, And the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. She's got a couple of... um, What are those? big-headed things that i hate the bobbleheads no 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 the 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 trendy ones that are kind of square oh um um
1: the funko pops
0: funko pops she's got a couple of ghostbusters funko pops which was just over the line into me liking them um dressed up as, you know, they're Ghostbusters. They have their backpack and everything. And then on the mantelpiece, and she's got some Ghostbusters pillows. She's got a full-sized mock-up ghost trap put on uh, one of the shelves on the wall. Um, And then on the mantelpiece, she bought this massive, uh, I want to say foot tall. It might be a little taller. Lego uh, set of the Ghostbusters firehouse with you know twelve thousand pieces that she assembled uh, over the course of several weeks, a couple of like three four months ago. It has all the Ghostbusters figures and Janine and Slimer and. Uh, all these things, and it opens and closes. It's got the fire pole that the little Lego figures can go up and down. Um, it's got the library ghost, and Lewis Tully, and Dana. Uh, and it, she's put it up on the mantelpiece because it's Ghostbusters Halloween. So I found out during all this folder roll that my nephews. Her sons, who are like 10, 8, and 7, hadn't yet seen Ghostbusters. And it's Ghostbusters Halloween. (laughs) And I was like, that's blasphemous.
1: Poor kids.
0: (laughs) Poor darn kids. So they took them. Downstairs and showed them Ghostbusters for the first time this Halloween, and they just went nuts for it. They love the Ghostbusters. <laughs> so that's that's Halloween. Uh it's awesome. And today is a Halloween show, so we got some Halloween things to talk about. So Halloweeny
1: was- thing, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I, I didn't uh I didn't have much of a week, but Last weekend, after the show, <clears throat> I sat back and watched a bunch of hilarious shorts from the Bone Bat Festival that I mentioned. I may have mentioned it a couple times already. Yes. And, yeah, and and they did. So here's the deal: it's it was supposed to be a live thing. Of course, can't use the theater, so they went to online. So they did two nights, uh, four blocks of like two and a half hours each of shorts so there were no full-length features but it was something like eight to ten hours straight of well their sense of humor is particular and so we got all sorts of crazy monsters bathroom humor whatever just it's it's great um here's the nice thing about it so uh, we were treated to a, a ton of shorts, and I'm not gonna. Oh, let me find that. I can find some names of them. But uh, we had mock movie trailers. We had we had the. Uh, uh, there's a short about one of the monster movies, like the teen killer movies, and uh, it starts off with the monster killing all of the other kids, and of course, there's the one survivor. Right, the girl finally gets back and you know, puts a machete through his head or something like that. And then the monster sits up, dun, dun, dun. So the name of the f- film is Unstoppable. And so it's just, it's like 15 minutes of of her killing, you know, the serial killer in gruesome, gruesome ways. And he just keeps <laughs> coming at her uh, and, and until, and they turn it into a gag where every time she spouts off one of those horror movie, horror survivor one-liners, you know, like you know, impales him on a on something. Stick around, right? That's when it wakes back up and comes <laughs> after. <her. laughs> Goofy, fun stuff like that. Tons of completely absurd gore, blood going everywhere. Uh, if you like that sort of thing, it was a ton of fun. And
0: was the gore more absurd than the boys?
1: Yeah, uh the I don't know what the boys was thinking cuz they they're playing it straight. They're trying to make it serious and this is just like <clears throat> Yeah, they tried to make it look good, but they know that they're making a tongue in cheek a comedy or a, yeah, or a, a tongue in cheek or yeah, we're, we we had this gross scenario set up just for the shock value, right? I Uh, Yeah, completely absurd in the best way. It was tons of fun. Something really nice came out of the uh, online nature of it, though. Because unlike in a movie theater, we had a little chat room going alongside... And so it was scrolling nonstop the whole festival as everybody's sort of chatting with each other and, and making jokes and laughing at whatever's on the screen or or, whatever, like responding to whatever's on screen. That made it really special. I, I don't think it would have been an enjoyable experience without that, or it wouldn't have been quite as as, uh, as enjoyable. This is one of the best things that happened. This is one of those you had to be there moments. One of the films was a from Brazil and it was all Brazil Portuguese and it was a little haunted house, you know, killer, you know, serial killer story. But the version that they showed didn't have the subtitles. The subtitles didn't work. So Yes, it was easy to find out. It's easy to figure out what was going on on screen, but a couple of minutes into it, or a minute into it, someone figured out, hey, turn on closed captioning for the video viewer that we're in. So we all turn on closed captioning, and instead of getting proper subtitles, we got closed captioning's attempt at at guessing what the Portuguese words are in English. <laughs> So it would, be, it would take the phonetic pronunciation of what the characters are saying on screen and trying to make English words out of them. It was hilarious, nonstop, ridiculous, uh, ridiculous stuff coming up uh, on the bottom of the screen. It made it that much more enjoyable. And that's the kind of experience. That was a one-of-a-kind experience. It was so good. I, I also want to give a, a shout-out to their musical guests. Uh, when they do the show live, they have uh, this great band of guys come up from San Francisco called the Pine Box Boys. And they do sort of a, you know, monster mash. Yeah. Monster mash sort of um, horror or cheesy monster themed bluegrass, you know, folk style music. And this time they put together a huge show. They, they, they taped a bunch of songs in a friend's bar and they even taped a bunch of like intros and, and sketches in between. Like they did their own gags having to do with, Oh yeah. You know, having to do with wearing masks and the lockdown and and this and that. And uh, you know, jokes about jokes about mixing drinks at, uh, at this bar. Anyway, it was, they went all out. I had just as much fun watching that as the rest of the shorts. So Big shout out to the Pine Box Boys. Hollins and Hollins Mortuary. Um, If you're in San Francisco or if you just like uh, sort of fun, thematic uh, music, they were a treat. Anyway, it was a great time. Sweet. And I want everybody to go next year. One other story. My cousin's short was early on uh, Sunday night. It was a hit. It was very short. And I'll tell you how I know it was a hit. Steve told me. Next time I spoke with him le- this week. He said that he has a buddy. Who is attending. And he had just put in a new sound system. And my cousin's short was very short. But it, it involved some. Shall we say indigestion. And the sound of completely shook this guy's house from his, his new Sue new sound set up. So in one way or another, it was a big hit. <laughs> Tons of fun.
0: All right. What about you, D dub? Uh, no, actually I'm going to sneak this in. I kind of warned you last night. Um, and you may not be fully prepared, but I wanted to see if we could sneak this in. Low for the last couple of years, there's been a movie, a Halloween scary movie. I've recommended it to John a couple of times. And at one point with uh, talking with a friend of ours, um, he let slip that he'd actually gone and watched it. And it seemed like he had a positive impression of the movie. So since I've reviewed the movie on the show, and John hadn't seen it then, I thought we'd go back for Halloween because it's a Halloween movie and therefore on topic, and review the movie real quick and see what uh, see what John thought. So, uh, if you remember enough to <clears throat> talk about it, what did you think of Saw?
1: Saw. It, that's a classic now, isn't it? An oldie but goodie. Yeah. It's become a classic now. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a cult classic for sure. Um, Saw was very good as a horror film. And forgive me, I was just distracted by chat. Ardenon, I, I, give me that. I'll also take that fruitcake recipe if that's what you're talking about um saw was or is saw is a very good horror film the premise and the setup is well known at this point with the group of characters stuck instead of being stuck in a haunted house or you know on a in the woods in texas or whatever it's uh, you know, they're all stuck in a room chained to the wall, right? And uh, so horrible things befall them, and it doesn't all occur in in the room. You sort of get peaks outside what's going on in the outside world, right? And it could be cheesy, it could be really stupid, but um, the the camera work and the pacing were excellent at creating suspense because it was difficult to determine what was going to go next. There wasn't always a clear protagonist as in you know, like a, a teenager slasher. You look at, you know, the, you know, they, they sort of made fun of this in Cabin in the Woods, right? The, the young virgin girl's probably going to be the one to survive. So on and so forth. And uh, the performances by the characters really elevated it. Uh, Kerry Eluse slumming it in a B movie, uh, doing this cheesy horror film. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't know horror films needed gravitas, but he uh, uh he really he really improved that film. Uh, and I'm being a little vague because I don't remember all the details, but I recall sort of. I was distracted when they went out of the room and started showing things outside, and and I was thinking. Oh, this is going to be a different movie than I thought it was. We're gonna we're gonna find out about this killer. We're gonna find out like are people gonna try and save some of these people inside? Is there gonna be or or catch the serial killer? Is is he gonna get caught? And uh, it really it ratcheted up the suspense. And uh, yes, at the end of the movie, it's completely absurd. Uh, but the the suspense was excuse me the suspense was so good. And the actors gave it gave it their all. They gave it such a good performance that the result was a really tense, believable situation—a completely absurd situation. Um, you could you could picture yourself walking in the movie theater. That was stupid. Blah blah blah. You could have done that, and I'm sure many people did. But uh, I was invested up until the very end. And there's a twist at the end, and the twist is. Pants on head, retarded. <laughs> You're like, that's it. Completely shatters your suspension of disbelief. But that's in the final thirty seconds of the film. Who cares? Uh, the it was a great ride, well executed thriller. <clears throat> um, but it's definitely a B movie slasher type of thriller. But not. It's, it's somewhere in between the Jasons and the Freddies and your psychological thriller because all of the all the tension is in that room amongst the captives uh, and it's it's not about being chased around and killed it's about sort of that that inevitability of death crowding around them and and how they handle that and what they do to try to escape it that. Is my full Saw review? All right, and and like I said,
0: and like Megabus the Shepherd just said in the chat, uh, Saw didn't need the sequels. Um, and I will say, I did enjoy the sequels, but if I was rec- but like I said in my recommendation to John the last time we talked about it, which was just a few months ago, um, you know, if, if I was recommending Saw to people as a movie, I I tell them just watch saw. Don't, you don't have to worry about the sequels. Uh, they're, they're they're just there for people who are horror movie fans, but, uh, people who like good tense thrillers and don't mind the, uh, you know, the bloodiness, um, saw is a good tense thriller, horror movie. Uh, and I think it's just very, very well done. uh, And I do like most of the sequels. They get progressively worse as you go on, and I'm sad that none of the sequels really are up to the quality of Saw. They're interesting how they all link back to Saw, uh, and a lot of them have are good movies in their own right. But none of them are as good as Saw. Fair. They're kind of unnecessary.
1: What I gathered from not having seen the movies, but seen the copycats and sequels the, the trailers and things <clears throat> that I think people filmmakers got the wrong idea out of saw and saw sort of revived the torture porn style of horror movies. Yes. Which is not what made saw so good good yes you you don't go from saw to the human centipede and think yeah this is a refinement of the, no 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 it was the tension and the intense psychological torture mixed with the blood it was that hybrid of physical visceral horror and your cheesy uh psycho Psychopath, psychological suspense movie. <clears throat> that's what made it so good. Yeah.
0: So I'm just glad you liked it. I recommended it and you liked it. It's just
1: hey, you know horror's not my bag. It's got to be good. So I think alien and saw that's about it. Alien and Saw. So- oh, the the original Nightmare on Elm Street is actually pretty good. I
0: don't know if you'd like it or not, but I'd put in a word for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original Toby Hooper one.
1: Oh yeah, I I saw the There's a remake about 10, 15 years ago. I saw I saw a recent-ish remake, and it was bleh, boring.
0: It was awful. Yeah, the original is just it's. It's almost the epitome of 1970s horror for me. It's just brilliant.
1: Well, one brilliant day, low what, one day I'll get a I'll sign up for Shudder and watch a thing or two. But yeah, oh, not today.
0: That's actually a really good. Since we're getting down towards the end of the show, that's actually a really good segue to
1: uh, our last topic. Hey, man, we are the best at segues. (laughs) Nobody segues like we do. Because one of the
0: things I did this week is I spent four and a half hours um, watching a documentary on horror movies of the 80s. And it was, in fact, on Shudder. And... It was a great documentary. Uh, Do you recall the name? Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to pull it out of my. Oh, by the way, folks, uh, Shudder has a seven days free um, trial, so that if there's anything that I say, and I tend to say it a lot. Um, if there is anything on Shudder that – anything I tell you is on Shudder that you sound like – sounds like you're interested in, um, you can get 7 Free Days to uh, go watch it um, and just uh, enjoy it that way. Um but unless you really, really want Shudder, don't let it go beyond the seven days because they will charge you for an entire year, and that's about sixty bucks. So, unless you really want that year, and I got the year, kind of, sort of. Uh,
1: zombies are your zombies are your jam. We understand, dude. <laughs> um, the documentary is called In Search of
0: Darkness, A Journey into Iconic 80s Horror. So the documentary is structured kind of funky. They start off in the first half hour is a discussion of a bunch of different iconic horror movies. They got people who were did makeup for movies, people who directed the movies, people who were screenwriters on the movies, Actors on the movies, people who are critics, uh, some you know, uh, like YouTube critics, like uh, Cecil uh, Trachtenberg, who does, um, who does a vi- video series. Uh, the guy who does Cinemassacre, Massacre. Um, they got uh, the actress who plays Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So she's not in character as Elvira, but they got Elvira and interviewed her. Oh, cool. Um, So they got all these people and talked to them about all the people who they could, who actually worked on and in and around these movies to talk to them about their experiences making them. They got people who made the music for these movies. They got people who... uh, later came along and did horror movies in the 90s and 2000s who had been inspired by these movies. And so they got a large breadth of actual talent who had practical knowledge of these movies to talk about them and their experiences about them and how they came to be and how things, you know, how budget constraints or studio interference or the MPAA kind of made some things not work out the way they may have wanted. And then um, they go through, for the first half hour, it's just, here's a movie, here's some interviews with these various people about it, here's another movie. And I was, honestly, by the end of the first half hour, I was like, is that all this is going to be? Is just talking about various movies? And I kind of burned out. And I was about to turn it off. And then they started doing years. 1980. And they started covering movies from that year, which is what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, okay, man, now I want I want them to do year by year so we can trace the history of it and what movie influenced the next one and how things, you know, move through. Like um, Halloween came out and that was really... The first real slasher movie in horror. Um, Where one killer that's kind of unstoppable goes through and starts killing uh, teenagers one after another. And then Friday the 13th, which uh, eventually gave birth to the hockey mask wearing Jason, although he didn't come around. Until the fourth Friday, Friday the 13th, which was supposed to be the end. It was called the final chapter. Um, so we don't get the iconic Jason until the fourth movie. These are some of the things they talk about. Um, but that was an attempt to cash in on Halloween. So Halloween led to Friday the 13th. Halloween also led to. Nightmare on Elm Street. And so you can start to trace the genealogy. Halloween also led to Sleepaway Camp. And it also led to, you know, other movies. Um, And you can start to fill in the genealogy of these, of slasher movies, which came to, you know, sort of sit by as a new genre besides vampire movies, which had a long pedigree, going all the way back to, uh Count Orlok in Nosferatu in the uh, in silent movie uh, days. Excuse me while I take a sip. Sorry, my mouth had gone
1: completely dry. Oh, I didn't have a joke prepared for that moment of sipping. <laughs> my mistake. So
0: that's one of the things I also wanted. And just when that was beginning to um, kind of wane and, and Paul – Then they jump to a topic where it's like, okay, let's talk about gore in these movies. And then they go point out that, you know, a lot of times the gore wasn't as much as you remember, that the gore was early on. And then the MPAA had started getting flack from parents groups and politicians about the gore. And so they started cutting down on the gore. And so the gore was high in the early 80s with the early movies. And then all of a sudden it started to drop to where a lot of the gore in, say, Friday the 13th Part 6 is very minimal, actually. And it's more suggested or implied. And it wasn't until you started getting into the 1990s where they relaxed some of the limitations on gore because of the PG-13 rating um, that you started to get gory movies again. And so during the late 80s and early 90s, uh, you didn't get as much gore as people remember there being. And actually, those movies were heavily edited to keep the gore out. And so they had various topics like that spring up. And you're thinking, I was thinking, um, man, this is going to be really, really long. But just when you're kind of tired of the format of the documentary, they then switch it up. And then so after a topic, they'll go back to a couple of movies on their own. And then they go back to, you know, the next year. And then they go back to, you know, talking about, okay, now we're going to talk about John Carpenter movies. And they've taken also interviews with people that they couldn't get that were done in other places in other times. Uh, If you remember the trauma show we did... I talked about a documentary about trauma I watched, and they had an interview with um, with the man himself, uh, who created Trauma Studios. Um, they have bits and pieces of that same interview that I hadn't seen before, talking about trauma and talking about uh, what their theory was and how they're the only, you know, shock independent movies horror movies that have lasted they're the only one who's kept going and that forms a nice little segment on the trauma movies trauma studios so that's a different thing you have the filmmaker then you have little stu- uh you know little featurettes on the studios and it is very thorough it's not utterly exhaustive um And you know it's not utterly exhaustive because they've got a Kickstarter going right now, and this movie was crowdfunded. Um, There was a Kickstarter on it several years ago, and then it came out, um, and you can still buy the uh, Blu-rays and DVDs if you are so inclined, I believe. I could be wrong on that, because there was a time when you couldn't. I believe they've opened it up again to be purchased. But the sequel, which goes into most of the later part of the decade, is being, uh, I believe kickstarted right now. Uh, and you may still be able to contribute to it and get a contributor's copy of you know another four and a half hour documentary about 80s horror movies. I'm just glad, very very fortunate it came out on, Shudder because I was going to contribute to the original Kickstarter, and my financial situation at the time just mixed that idea hardcore. Um, but it is a great documentary, and there's a lot of things uh, I learned from it. Um, and they also dropped in. They cover several of the of the obviously the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, they cover several of the uh of the Jason movies of Friday the thirteenth, as well as many, many other movies going back. We had a friend who got a subscription to Shudder. Um I think because he was listening to the show. <laughs> and he was complaining because of all these movies that are on Shudder. Um that he thought were just tiny, uh, you know, tiny, meaningless horror movies. And I have to say, no, all these movies that you've kind of never heard of, they're actually, you know, seminal movies that were the originals. They're, They're of historical significance, and they're actually really good movies that you can go back to and say okay what are what are uh what are some of the original nineteen seventies horror movies what are some of the original you know horror movies of uh of the nineteen eighties i mean they have a uh, slumber party massacre and uh they have um, just all of these things that were uh that are either cult classics that are old or just the older original movies that you can watch that that have great historical uh that are good horror movies but also have great historical significance shutter tries to pit movies Um, along with the usual array of movies that you're going to get on a streaming site that are horror movies that they produced or are horror movies that are available that aren't super uh, expensive for them because they need content for the site. Those are there too, but they have a lot of these movies like they have several Dario Argento movies. They have Halloween, um, Halloween four, Halloween five. Uh, Not Halloween 2, which is kind of disappointing. They have a lot of Japanese horror movies. Um, So he was complaining about it. They even have the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, He was kind of complaining about it. I'm like, no, you got to understand. These are the originals Uh, they got Chopping Mall which is
1: (laughs) that's a great name for anything Um, so all of these movies
0: that are these uh, these original movies many of them are talked about in the um, Black Christmas one of the originals Um, Phantasm Uh, all of these are talked about in the uh, documentary, so you can watch this documentary and hear about all these movies. And then because you're on Shudder itself, go and watch some of them. Um, if you like horror movies, if you're interested in getting an overview of the genre and seeing what these are and who these are and where they came from, uh, it is actually a good place to go see things like that. Um, and they've got some bad movies here. Genuinely, not so bad they're good. Just genuinely crappy movies that you want to skip. I dig that. You know, that's that's every streaming service. But, uh, yeah. I guess it's kind of turned into a Shudder.
1: <laughs> I want to get the... I, it sounds like it sounds great. I want to get the name of that documentary again. What was it called? It is
0: called. Let me scroll back down to it. In search of darkness: A journey into iconic eighties horror. Awesome. There is nice. also a documentary which I haven't seen about the. Friday the 13th movies called Crystal Lake Memories and my friend had watched like an hour of it he said it was six and a half hours long I do want to watch that so I'm putting that on
1: my list to watch. IMDB tells me there's a sequel In Search of Darkness 2. Yes
0: that's the one that was being kickstarted like Right now, or right
1: now. That's outstanding. I like this. Yeah, IMDb and everything. Tom Atkins, done. Doug Bradley. That would be fascinating. All right, all right, all right, all right. You twisted my arm. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the week of Halloween. I'll get a seven day free trial and stream some horror. Maybe no promises, but you've made a great case. Oh, and Megabuster
0: Shepherd points out that uh, the same person who made the uh, documentary on horror movies, this uh, in search of darkness made another one on action films. Uh,
1: uh, now that's something I would watch.
0: That is, uh, that is another thing I need to, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I definitely want to see that.
1: Um, so let me see. It is. Oh, he also did one on 80 sci-fi called in search of tomorrow. That's going to be good like uh, i i would i would watch a documentary on back to the future that is as long as back to the future (laughs) (laughs) anyways i love this
0: documentary just when it seemed to be wearing out its welcome they switched things up and all of my worries during that first half hour were were all for naught they actually did a really good job with it it was fascinating um and I should also mention that Red Letter Media did a rewatch that came out this week on uh, Friday the 13th, three, oh, two, and four, excuse me, uh, which are generally held up to be the best Friday the 13th movies. No, excuse me, four and six. Four and six, um, which are generally held up to be the best Friday the 13th movies. Um and it turns out that the Friday the thirteenth movies were the origination of the um kill people, kill the teenagers who are having sex trope. Of course. But That's... they did it for a specific reason. It wasn't just arbitrary. Jason was originally a little boy who drowned at Camp Crystal Lake. And he drowned because the camp counselors who were supposed to watch him For were fooling
1: off. around.
0: <laughs> so they started getting killed because of the killer in the first movie. And then when Jason became the killer, he started killing them because that's what the original killer wanted him to do. And so that became his signature. And then when all the copycats came along who copied from Friday the 13th, they just copied that without there being a reason. Mm -hmm. So all the people who say, oh no, man, it was the newly conservative 1980s, man. They were just getting back because they were squares, man. And they didn't like fornication, man. It was They were just trying to harsh the buzz and tamp down on, on the teens, man. That's not true. It happened in one movie and then a movie series for specific reasons relating to the origin of the killer. And everybody else just copied it without any reason and it just grew from there which actually made me feel better because there are a lot of things that happen like that like in Silent Hill right? the sexy nurses in Pyramid Head those Mm -hmm. had a direct relationship with the original Silent Hill protagonist they existed for a reason and then later games just copied them. Sure. Because they were genuinely creepy. <laughs> genuinely creepy. And, you know, people just kind of expected them in the sequels. And there's a lot of things like that that happen. Once they existed for a specific and good reason, and now we just do them because that's what we just do. So, little historical note I got for that Red Letter Media episode. It was a really good episode. Um, And it was a good companion piece to see in the same week. I saw this uh, documentary.
1: As always, I appreciate you watching stuff. So I don't have to,
0: (laughs) I really do love horror movies and I especially love, uh, and I also love slasher movies, which are a different genre. Um.
1: Uh, P. Alexander has a question for you. Yes. Do they have that movie, vampire movie that Lee Brackett wrote? Why don't you look that up on IMDb and I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Why doesn't, why didn't he look it up and put the title in the chat? I have no idea what he's talking about. No, just do a search for Lee Brackett in IMDb. Yes, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, but why didn't anybody else do that? I, I, I have no idea. I don't know because you're the IMDb man, dude. That's I like just your... I just had it open a second ago too. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Lee Brackett. Oh boy. What is going on here? The Which Vampire's
0: t- Ghost. I don't think that showed up.
1: Um I did a, I did a double take. She's credited for an episode of Archer. <laughs> no, not the cartoon a, a tv series in 1975 oh. <laughs> i'm like that can't be possible <laughs> uh i've got a 1945 the vampire's ghost oh no
0: because this was covering uh iconic 1980s horror
1: what about shutter is it available on shutter
0: I can certainly search. Give me a sec.
1: Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks P Alexander. I got the title off of IMDb while you were <laughs> typing. No. There's uh, there's there's a good like 30 60 second delay on the chat and and the and the video guys sorry about that. No, it's not on Shudder. That's a shame. It
0: is not on Shudder. All right. Um, So anyways, uh, and and I would recommend it, folks. If anything I've said about Shudder makes you at least curious, take the week, the free week, and check it out. If if it is not something that you'll get your money's worth, um, then don't pay for it. Um, But if it is something that has movies, you like to watch then go for it um i drop in every now and then to check out stuff all of which has come on the show every single thing i've watched on shutter has come on the show there's a lot of things i haven't been able to watch on shutter because of time but this week i had the time so
1: yeah hey before we go any fun halloween plans costumes parties or anything or just horror movies I was really
0: hoping to watch vampire movies this uh, Halloween. That sounds great. I want to dig into this hammer horror and some other, like, classic 60s, 50s, 70s vampire movies. I want to watch the one with David Bowie. Ooh. They talked about that on the documentary, and I thought, David Bowie in a vampire movie.
1: That could be cool. Could be great. If you need to take a break and catch some air, you can rewatch Interview with the Vampire. It's, it's aged pretty well. It's pretty good. I tell you what, what I was
0: most surprised by walking, watching this documentary is how many movies on it I had seen. Um, genuinely surprised. Um, like The Howling. Mm-hmm. I'd seen The Howling, and I'm like, oh, The Howling, that was such a great flick. That was so awesome. Werewolf movie, folks, if you haven't seen The Howling, I would definitely recommend you check it out. Uh, Just an incredible movie. We don't have time to give a full review, and I haven't seen it recently, so I couldn't give you a good review anyway, but, man. Awesome movie.
1: All right. We're ready to go. I'm ready to go. Uh, it's been super fun. Uh, chat's been fun to chat with today. Thanks, guys, for listening in. And I hope everyone listening later was sufficiently enlightened and entertained. But Daddy War Pig, I'm done for this week. How about you? Sure.
0: Honestly, I was a little bit worried last night. We won't have enough material to fill up the show, but uh, I think that saw thing put us over the top.
1: <laughs> That's right. Just at next, next time you need a couple of minutes, ask me about a random movie and I'll give you my full review. <laughs> uh,
0: <coughs> great. It's about time for me to do my thing and my voice collapses.
1: You should take a sip of water while I... Soothe everyone with my dulcet tones so that you may proceed with the outro.
0: Somebody was demanding to know if you were still on Team T, by
1: the way. Team T? I haven't drunk tea in, in a couple of weeks. I think it really messed with my circadian rhythms. Oh. Even drinking it only in the morning.
0: I'm pretty sure it was Mega Buster Shepherd was asking if you were still Team Tea. <laughs>
1: That's okay. Uh, if I ever find myself in uh, your neck of the woods, I will uh, drink all the sweet iced tea that is offered to me because I cannot resist. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: folks. Uh, this has been Geek Gab for Saturday, October seventeenth, two thousand and twenty. I'm paranoid. Did I get the date right at the top of the show? Cause I don't even remember. Doesn't matter. We're <laughs> we want to thank everyone who turned in live and participated in the chat. Um, happy Halloween, folks. We know it's a uh, couple of weeks away. Exactly two weeks away, because today is 17th and 17 plus 14 is 31. Boom! That is our massive and impressive math skills here on the gab. Um, we want to thank everyone who will tune in later to uh, listen to the show on YouTube.com slash GeekGab. That's YouTube.com slash GeekGab. You can read the chat, but you cannot participate. So uh, tune in live and you can join in the discussion with all the awesome people who join us every single week about this time. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud.com. You can listen to us on the Google Play Store or you can listen to us. On the Apple iTunes Store, subscribe to the podcast and listen on the device of your choice. We are signing out for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.